Hello and welcome once again, everybody. For uh, Thank you for joining us for another edition of SpinCast here on Stay Plugged In. Joining us all the way from Utah today, we have the head coach of Utah State University Eastern. His name is Kevin Vanderspeck. Kevin, welcome. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am hanging in there, hanging in there. I think we all are just hanging in there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to come on board and talk to us a little bit more about what you have to offer from a program perspective there in Utah. So without further ado, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you, your background, how you kind of got into the esports scene in general, really, uh, but then also how that led mm -hmm. to a head coaching position where you are currently. For sure. So I started playing video games at a very young age. It kind of was how my family really bonded together. We all picked video games that we liked and we just played them and, and really uh, built like our family foundation around the similar types of games that we liked playing. Um, it's quickly turned to a more competitive scene where I started playing uh, RTSs quite a bit and our whole family did. Um, and then I kind of started at the Utah State University Eastern as just a student uh, who liked to play video games. And the administration here really knew that. Uh, they knew that I really liked to play these games and, and it cons not consumed, but it um, really helped me throughout my education. And so when they really started to look at starting an esports team and what that means for the school, they looked towards me as I was already a member of the community and just asked me to start it essentially and, and asked a lot of questions about the equipment that we needed, the startup costs that we needed. And so it really was just the beginning of, I was a big part of the community and I like to play video games. And so they, they picked me to kind of help them out with it. Awesome. Awesome. So how long now have you been there as the head coach? So the head coach position has only existed for about a year, year and a half. And I'm the first and so far the only person who's held the position. So let, let's hang on to that job as long as we can. Let's do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about the games that are played at the competitive level there for you. Sure. So the games are really restricted to what the students want to do. So as long as the, there's enough students who want to compete in a video game and there's a league out there for us to compete in, mm -hmm. uh, we, we can do it. And so right now we actually just gave out or are giving out in the fall our first set of scholarships for Rocket League. Nice. And so that's really where a lot of our competition is going to be focused. And as the seasons kind of progress and we build more of a name for ourselves, um, the numbers of scholarships, it, also the dollars that we give will increase over time. Mm -hmm. But we do other games too, like Fortnite and um, Rainbow Six Siege and Super Smash Brothers. We do Hearthstone, League of Legends. We're hoping to pick up Valorant here as it comes out yeah. this summer is what I, what I heard. Yep. Um, so those are some of the major ones that we do. Got it. Talk a little bit about the size of the organization from the competitive teams. Certainly, I'm sure you probably have some social players as well. How, how, how many students total, um, roughly? are involved. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the team, there was just myself and one other person and I started as a student mm -hmm. and that quickly turned into 20 people and sitting at the fall numbers, we're currently looking at 37 to be on the team competing. So, wow. um, and hopefully we're going to increase that number more and more as more titles become more and more competitive and as our numbers kind of increase, so does like funding and stuff like that. So I think 37 is a pretty strong number right now and we're going to, hopefully increase it when more of the students come in the fall. Because a lot of the students that we get now are, uh, they're freshmen who have never heard of esports besides mm -hmm. like the games that they play themselves. And so 
they'll come and like see that it's an actual thing and they'll want to compete. So I think that number is going to go go up for sure. As far as the more social side, they don't really like to compete. It's a little bit harder to measure since our space is available for students and community members just to come in and use. Mm -hmm. um, that probably looks more like 50 to 55 who come in regularly when things are a little bit more normal. Um, sure. Who come in and use the equipment or just kind of chat and talk. We have a couple students who will come in with their VR headsets that are hooked up to the school's internet and they'll just hang out in the corner of the room playing VR and wow. having a good time. So I would say about 50. Got it. Very cool. Very cool. Talk a little yeah. bit about, since you were a student that used to do this as well, so you probably have a, a real good insight. What type of impact, having an esports program on campus, what type of impact does that provide for a student that might not have that same opportunity? Yeah, for sure. So the way that I really see esports benefit to community, like the community value, mm -hmm. is that there's a demographic on college campuses that's not hit by dances and it's not hit by some of those like community service events or large gathering events. And esports seems to really hit that demographic and really engage them on a level that they haven't been able to before. Uh, I see students, uh, and I also work in housing on campus, and so I kind of have that perspective too. We'll mm -hmm. throw dances or we'll throw like hangouts and stuff for our residents. And uh, there's some residents who just don't come, they never come. Mm -hmm. But once I started holding esports events and the competitive like tournaments on campus or really just like come play Hearthstone on our computers, mm -hmm. we're starting to see students who never come out ever. And uh, so it's definitely hitting a, a side of the community that hasn't been before. So it's really adding a lot of value to their experience as students on campus. Got it. Talk a moment, if you don't mind, about you personally. How, how was that impactful for you as a student? Um, so for me personally, I was pretty engaged anyways because of my housing responsibilities. I work for housing department. And mm -hmm. so I was pretty, pretty engaged. But to be able to find a community that liked video games as much as I did mm -hmm. was really nice because that means I get to sit down with them and really dive into the game and talk about something that I do quite a bit. And so it gave me a lot more friends than I had before and a lot closer friends than I had before as well. And so it definitely um, made my experience a lot better than what it was before. Not that it was bad, but I didn't realize that having friends who liked the video games that I liked as much as I liked them would make such a big impact. And it definitely, it definitely has. Yeah, finding that commonality with a group of peers is certainly, especially as a student, because you're kind of finding yourself anyway. Uh, I think that's that's pretty special. So yeah, definitely. Talk a little bit about with your current position as a head coach, the type of scheduling that you provide for your um, athletes that come in and play the games. What What's their day-to-day -day like based on what your expectation is of them? So my expectations of them um, – it's really listable. So very first, their students, their grades are very important to me. I, I make sure that they have what they need to be successful academically. And actually part of our requirements since we're a varsity sport that's under the athletic department is that they have to have five study hours per week. And that changes based on their grades. Like if they have not good grade, as good grades, they have more study hours they have to do. If they have better grades, they have a little less that they have to do. And it's where they go into a room and they have like they're forced to, to study on their classes. And so that number one is priority. I mean, they're here first and foremost to get a degree or to get an education. And then secondly, to like be on the team with some of the other community values that they, that they have. So I look at also their jobs when I'm trying to schedule out their practicing. Um, I want to make sure they have a job if they need one, 
right? Yeah. And I don't yeah. want to get in the way get in the way of any of that. So right now we have them practicing at least three days a week here in the room uh, since we have our own equipment that we make them use three days a week. Okay. And during that practice, it's kind of free form for the most part. There's the team captain who is in charge of making sure the practices are constructive and they're kind of building on their skill sets and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I really schedule out the space in terms of teams and then community time, making sure the community knows when practices are, when matches are, and so they can't just come in. And then making sure the community, they get their time to come in here and use the space and kind of be, you know, part of our community, our esports community. So um, that's a, a large portion of the scheduling that I do. The individual practices are mostly ran by the, the, the captains. And so I'll come in and, and give my two cents here and there. But as you can imagine, it's kind of difficult to coach like, hands-on four different games, five different games at, yeah. at a competitive level. So, so I really let them run. Yeah, I really let them run a lot of the, uh, the hands-on practices themselves. Good. Good deal. So, Speaking of yeah. all, all the games and the teams you have currently, which is the most competitive for you guys? So the most competitive last semester was definitely um, Super Smash Brothers. They did really well. We had about two or three teams make it into the playoffs of our league. Um, just very competitive. My prediction for next year is definitely going to be Rocket League. I feel like they're really coming in strong and, and really hitting the ground running. And that's because I was able to do some really good recruiting through, I don't know if you know what iTeam USA is. Uh, I so they're like a, they're an esports league, but they're partnered with computer science. Okay. And so they go to Utah high schools and they work with the schools to allow them to do esports and kind of have that side of the competition and then tie it to computer sciences. Nice. And so using and talking to them, I was really able to find a lot of students who had really good talent and potential academically and in the, and in the game. Mm -hmm. And just using that, I feel like the students that I have for next year are really going to hit the ground running and have a really good head start on what they need to do to be successful academically and in the game. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very neat. Very, very neat. Currently, um, based on scrims and actual competitions, et cetera, what are some of the natural rivalries that may have been formed over the last uh, semester or so within your uh, esports competitions? Right. So I think the most natural for us is the uh, natural rival for the rest of the athletic department. There's a college called Snow College, and we compete against them directly and, and some other schools as well. But I would say that's probably the natural rival just because it fits in with the rest of the, the culture of the, of the school. Gotcha. So. so based on physical location, right? Yeah, they're about two hours away from us. So they're not, not too far away. Who normally gets the upper hand? Um, so far, it's been them. But uh, I feel like we definitely are hitting the ground running next year and give them a run for their money, I guess you could say. Good. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, Talk Talk a little bit about now that you've been able to be in the role as a student player, now you're the head coach. As now that you've gone from one role to the next, what are some of the opportunities you foresee for some of your students as they graduate? And what are some of the roles that they can take, whether it's in the esports space or any other space, based on their um, previous play in esports? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, especially in my community, uh, price is very small. Just being involved in, and letting people know who you are and the kind of work that you can do. These students definitely have opportunities in the school and, and in the community to um, use the name that they make for themselves in the esports space to 
um, propel themselves into different like fields that they can. As an example, I guess me being part of esports is a good example of that because I started mm-hmm. off in housing and then now I'm the head coach of esports. And so definitely just getting their name out there to the public and, and to show people what they can do for an esports specific um, like a focus. Mm-hmm. Um, my assistant coach actually was a player as well. And uh, she is now my, my assistant. And so when you show a certain level of dedication to esports and to your school's esports team, that can really carry on into becoming an assistant coach or a head coach or a publicist or whatever it needs to be or letters of recommendations to other schools so you can kind of work there and do the same thing. So I, as far as getting a job after esports and what esports can help you do, it really works well as a community engagement and this is what I'm doing for my school and this is what I'm doing for like myself and my education. And you can definitely use that to get a lot of good recommendations and job opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. And have fun while doing it. So just at a yeah, personal definitely. level, <laughs> are you still gaming yourself? <laughs> do you find time to be able to jump on the computer and get, hit some games? Oh, I definitely do. So part of my major responsibilities is knowing the games, not necessarily sure. on a professional level, but I have to know how they function. I have to be able to run tournaments. And so I do take some time to actually play video games, which obviously I don't mind. You know, I, I like it a lot. Um, I also play just because it's fun. So mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of Valorant recently, which is coming out. Um, yeah. And then I still play some of the old school RTSs. So I definitely, I definitely still play. Gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. And it's I, a lot of fun. Hey, I, I use it as a stress relief. I play Call of Duty just to yeah. shoot a few people and say, all right. That was a good stress relief for the hour. So I get it completely. Um, Talk a little bit about fast forwarding into the future and what you would Mm -hmm. like to see in the esports space in general. That's part one. And then secondarily for your collegiate space, what would you like to see over the next say three to four years happen in this space, but then also for your university? For sure. So for esports in general, I think that um, a correlation between high or collegiate esports and then like the professional level, I think that that's going to be a little bit more clear and that's going to mm-hmm. become a little bit more natural. And that would be really nice to see as well because you can use your standings more as a recruitment tool when you're looking to increase your team size for collegiate mm-hmm. saying that like, oh, these pathways to more professional play are available. So I think that would be definitely something that I would like to see. And eventually I think will happen naturally. Um, for collegiate esports, and this is kind of starting already since the, the scene is getting a little bit older, is a more natural connection between high school and then collegiate. I I talked a little bit about iTeam USA and how they help me connect with students. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just want those connections to to increase and to become a little more fluid and a little more natural um, and kind of amplify across the country. Because I think that that's a very important tool, not only for high school kids to see that they can get an education into the degree that they want to do it in while mm-hmm. playing their favorite video game. But I also think that it will help um, just collegiate teams, player base, uh, and really help them develop their own teams. Because a lot of the funding that I have to look at is, is numbers based. How many students can I get to the campus because of esports? And sure. that translates into how much money I get to run the program. And so if that connection's more natural, I'll be able to get more funding and give out more scholarships. And, and a large reason why I was able to give out the scholarships that I am going to for next semester is because we do have more numbers and we are showing that we're winning and kind of being part of the community. Yeah. No so I guess that it. would. Yeah. yeah. 
I like to see that happen as well, especially from the reverse side of things, meaning for the high school esports player to be able to understand, hey, this is what Utah State has to offer for me, This versus not knowing at all. Um, so hopefully more and more parents will uh, ask for that type of information and be able to see what specifically a university like yours or any other college mm -hmm. universities out there are able to offer. So last quick question for you, and then we're going to be up on uh, time here. but. If you could change anything, something that you don't like in the esports space, what would that be? Oh man, that's a hard one. I didn't expect that one. For sure. Sorry, that's why I left it for last. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, I guess I would say there's a lot of leagues out there, and to shuffle through all the information takes a lot of time. I mean, when mm -hmm. we were trying to find what leagues we wanted to compete in, we were looking at five, six, seven different national leagues that all had their own rules and regulations and they all did different games and everything like that. And so it was really hard to pick what, what leagues we wanted to be part of and what leagues we didn't want to be part of. Mm -hmm. Luckily you can be as part of as many as you want to be. And so there's not a restriction there, but just right. then just shuffling through all the information takes so much time for each league that mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to keep straight. Okay. Well, these, this league has these rules. And so when you make sure we follow those, but then this, this league has a bunch of different rules. We've got to make sure we follow those. And so I really, um, I'm not a big fan of having to shuffle through tons of that just because sure. it just takes so much time. It takes a yep. lot of time out of my, of my hands. And I'd rather use that by talking to new students and give, trying to give them opportunities and stuff like that. Um, so, and it's going to get better eventually when mm -hmm. some leagues are more accredited than other leagues. It's just in the beginning, it's, there's a lot of shuffling around and a lot of, I want to do this and they want to do this. And so it, it will get better. And, and, and I kind of see that already, but that's definitely something I would change is the amount of like just raw information there is. Yeah. No, understood. It's such a growing space in general that I think mm -hmm. you find a rush by a number of people trying to get into, um, see if they can create those leagues mm -hmm. and get some of the teams going through there versus just one standard governing body, which I think over time, mm -hmm. we'll see something a little bit more consistent across the board too. I hope so. Cause I think yeah. for a number of reasons, not just the one you mentioned, I think it would help out with a number of different things. So, mm -hmm. but we are uh, up on time, but Kevin, again, I really do appreciate you coming in and taking some time to just tell us a little bit more, as I mentioned about your university there. We certainly wish you the very best. I'd love to make sure that we touch base again in the fall, just kind of catch back up, see how you're doing, see how that Rocket League starts off for oh, you. Definitely. And uh, maybe go from there. So thanks again for being on SpinCast. We're here with Stay Plugged In, and we wish you the very best. Thank you. Thank you.